Welcome to the Cop, the currently unnamed podcast, where we put the tea in reality, and we are the first to quench your thirst. There you are. Murphy, a say something gay, gay. Here, I I had coffee, but I drank it all, so there's just an empty white angular mug. It's giving interesting angular movements. Um, and you know we've got water as always, but I did get a new sticker for my water bottle. It says "Love you." That's cute. Right. God damn it, I was going to try and do a really loud burp for my intro, but I it took too much time between Logan starting the podcast and the burp rising that it just kind of filtered out. Um, with that being said, I'm Eris Envy, your punk rock hairy fairy, your European correspondent, your bad-built bestie, reminding you to think, because sometimes having a brain is hard. Amen to that. You better think. Think about trying to China do it. Yes. Oh, look at these tan lines. They're giving. Uh, you know what? There we giving. go. There you go. Uh, yeah. Hi, I am Sam DMV, also known as Sam DeMonteverde, also known as Anisa Long, your fellow friendly trans, non binary Filipino Canadian, mentally unstable hot that's hailing all the way from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Scarborough, if you want to be specific. Yes, I am Filipino Canadian. My parents are born in the Philippines and I am born in Canada. Thank you very much. Thank you so Not much for your. Thank you so much. Oh, and today I have Kirkland Signature Water. Come on, Kirkland Water. Come on, Kirkland Signature. Didn't realize that was actually a brand. Just thought that was a thing in American TV shows. Nope, it's a real brand. It's a real brand, yeah. Yep. We are at the semifinals of Drag Race France Season 1. It's almost over. I'm kind of sad about it. I actually am kind of sad about it, too. Yeah. But um, this is going to be an episode of... Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say this is going to be an episode of Riggery, Tomfoolery, and uh, straight-up buffoonery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That being said, I still enjoyed the episode. Me too. It was a cute episode. Like, it it was cute. So, like, I'll come say back to the work mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, Logan. Oh, no, you go ahead, honey. Go ahead. I'll, um, I'll say this now. Uh, what I get from, like, this episode is a great episode. But the person who was eliminated this episode was definitely plotted to be eliminated this episode. 100%. Had it just been, yeah. It's one of those episodes where it's still a good episode, but I'm not satisfied with the elimination. But I mean, for, like, for the season, it makes sense. We've talked about this sort of scenario multiple times already. So it's like, we all kind of figured it would happen. 
we'll talk about what actually happens because uh, yeah, it's it's something. Um, but we come back to the workroom. La Big Berta is gone. Uh, Lolita is still incredibly, incredibly emotional after the lip sync that happens. Um, and rightly so, because she put out a lot of emotion and didn't want to be there. And then yet somehow she's still here. So, um, I mean, I'm happy to see her for another episode, but that's just me. Much like um, the scent of banana candy, Lolita Banana lingers. I hate you. I hate me more. Good. <laughs> the anyway. Banana candy. I hate you. <laughs> we hate everybody. We hate everybody. <laughs> um, we go to the next day in the workroom. Nothing exciting happens. Nikki walks in and uh, she's like looking around. And I was like, what the fuck is happening, Nikki? And then she's like, wait, I'm looking for the top four. And I was like, this is stupid. I didn't need this. This was a minute of television that I will never get back. And I wish I could. That part. Yep. Nikki was giving, she was giving Mayhem Miller performing the drama. Um, I need to upload like a um, a raindrop feature so we can like do that mid podcast. I feel like that seems fitting for certain. Boop. Uh, especially the uh, that suspicious. That's, That's weird. Uh, moments that we we typically have on the on the podcast. Uh, on this week on Twitter, someone's anti gasping. That part. <laughs> um, the evolution of uh, Davon pretends to be shocked. Oh my god! Anyway, um, there's no mini manicure. Ooh, that's cute. Love that for you. myself. Ooh, good for you. Um, we don't get a mini challenge because we don't need one. And uh, we go to the maxi challenge, which is the makeover challenge. I don't remember. When was the last time that we got a makeover challenge in the post-COVID era? Canada season two? Was it? I think Oh, it so. was. Yeah, you're right. We, 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 did, oh. we didn't get one on. No, Espana. 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 Oh, shit. All of them are blending together at this point. Like, um, yeah, yeah, it's Anya yeah. season two. Unless mm-hmm. yeah. but yeah, and then Canada season two. I think we're the last time. Oh, Italia, but I didn't watch that. But Italia was 2021. Oh, but so. Italia had the iconic moment from Farida Kant, though the vampire blood moment. Yeah. One of the best runway moments in Drag Race history. Agreed. Which totally Agreed. has everything to do with the makeover. Actually. Well, that was part of it. Like, oh. it, was a make- it was the makeover challenge. Oh. And it's the, okay. the one moment from Drag Race Italia that makes it slightly better than Down Under Season 1 for me. Yes, I agree with you completely. Even though I never finished the season, but whatever. Um, so we get the I'm makeover sure challenge. Wins. Anyway. Um, we get the makeover challenge, and it's everybody's best friends, which I thought was a really cute moment. I was confused on who everyone was at first, and then they're ever—it's just best friends. Because I presume it would have been 
probably a little difficult to get family, even though I feel like you probably could have gotten. Well, and then I don't know what people's family relationships are like. Right. So this yeah. Felt like, but this think felt about like the like, best option. Yeah. If they did, I don't think they'd be able to do family because I believe all of Lolita's family are still in Mexico. Well, I was going to say her partner. Charlie Banana. Like, that's family. But, um, but yeah, so we get Legrand Dom's friend Cecile. We have Soa's best friend Jackie. We have Soa's friend Jackie. Um, I believe we have Paloma's friend Camille. 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 And then we have Lolita's friend Antonio. Logan, don't shake your head. It's no one's fault but your own that you crashed. I don't know what's happening. Yeah, you I crashed. So we have to Ask God. I don't know anymore. Y'all keep talking about it. I'm going to switch my Wi-Fi. Sure. So, obviously, everyone's sharing the lovely pleasantries, sharing the sentiments. How are you doing? How are you doing? Um... And then I'm not sure what comes first, but we do get this moment from. Where do we get it from? I know one moment uh, we get from Lolita Banana's partner, or partner for the challenge, Antonio, um, being the straight man that he is. Um, I literally lost my train of thought, but um, I guess he's learning to walk in heels. Eris, please save me. <laughs> yeah, so he's tried to walk in heels and he moves a bit in an umby pumby way, I would put it. Um, he walks as if he's just had both of his ankles broken when he's walking in those heels. But, um, Poor Antonio. <laughs> yeah. So Nikki tells us it's the makeover challenge after everyone's besties walk into the room. Yes. Mm-hmm. Honestly, about- so... <laughs> So there's just, like, not a whole lot of workroom stuff this episode, if we're being honest. I do want to talk about the position of Lolita being the only person to have to put a man in drag. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily an advantage, a disadvantage, that sort of situation it didn't seem like a disadvantage. We'll talk about I don't the think in, themselves. I don't but... think it was a disadvantage. I don't think in modern drag that there's really oh, an advantage or disadvantage to it at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I think the only only kind of way there would be any sort of advantage if say if Naomi Smalls got paired with someone a, a sort of like a Naomi Smalls type of queen, someone who doesn't wear any kind of body got paired with someone got paired with a man and they had to then of course create mm-hmm. body for this person whereas if they got partnered with a woman they probably would not need to pad but i mean that being said drag is for everyone these days and i know women who do drag who pad i know women who do, do drag that don't pad i know men who yes. do, do drag that do pad i know men who do drag that don't pad that should um <laughs> and i know men who do drag who don't pad that look lovely gal and non-binary people that do or don't pad, or whoever, 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 whoever. I actually like, don't know any non-binary people. I'm certainly not looking at free right now. 
you know. According to some people in our comments. Mm. That part. Enough with Just me a reminder shy. to everyone, all three of us identify as non-binary, so fuck you all. <laughs> In case you don't see the pronouns in our names. In case the pronouns didn't tell ya. Um, <laughs> for those but, of you that are listening on Spotify, I, Sam, DMV, go by they, she pronouns. I, Eris, Envy, use any or all pronouns because I'm lazy. Uh, he, he, they, for me, but, like, I don't really give a fuck. <laughs> if we're being real, like, I don't care. But Same. I would actually say my gender identity isn't non-binary. I would say it's more similar to something like Gonzo from the Muppets, where Gonzo um, is identified as whatever. I love that. Oh, they're a muse. Ooh. Eris the muse. <laughs> that, that's actually such a fierce name. <laughs> I kind of love that, honestly. I kind of love that. I swear, when I get into a ballroom house, I am just going to use my ballroom surname as my drag surname. Good. Good. Um, so there's a couple there's a couple highlights in the workroom stuff, but there's, again, not really a whole lot that happens. Um, so obviously, Soa's best friend, Jackie, is not Black. And so she talk, she, they're talking with Nikki, and she's like, well, I don't want to put my friend in blackface, but I want to make sure that we have, like, the same vibe. And I'm like, hey, I appreciate that. I appreciate that, yes. Um, Nikki go Nikki's going around and talking to everybody. Le Grand Dom couldn't tell you a single thing they talked about. Yeah, I wasn't too enchanted with Le Grand Dom this episode. I just don't... I didn't take notes on this episode. I don't. I rarely take notes. I normally just raw dog these episodes. But um, oh, that's one way on it. But Legrand up nothing about what she said this episode in the workroom. I remember. Um, yeah. beautiful I gowns. Beautiful, beautiful gowns. gowns. Nice gowns. Beautiful gowns. Um, yes. Yeah. No, I can't remember a single thing Legrand um said, uh, in the workroom. I remember, but I I also do remember um kind of this moment with Nikki, Nikki's walkthrough with Paloma and how mm -hmm. Paloma mentions that they're going to be paying homage to kind of the, the 20s? The 20s, yeah. yeah. The 20s sort of like exaggerated theater makeup situation. Very, very similar to inspirations that La Brioche takes. Yeah. With yeah. her drag makeup specifically looking at the, the high... Rounded halo arch, eye, rounded the halo eye, the high rounded eyebrow, like those kind of things. Shit, tons of blush. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so we get that. The other side of that as well is we get um, Nikki talking to Antonio and Lolita, and Antonio talking about like um, being a parent and how like his daughter watches Drag Race and loves Lolita because Lolita can be like whoever she wants to be. And I thought that was a really, really touching, like, situation. And it was nice that there was acknowledgement that women can do drag. And yes. it was nice for um, Antonio to learn that his daughter could have come on the show and could have become a drag queen if she wanted. Yeah. And it's nice to see... It's nice to have these discussions because I feel like in the drag community, we've we've crowed until the cows have come home about this like i think especially within york anyone can get off stage on york and do drag regardless of what your gender identity is regardless of what your sex is regardless of any of that 
But I don't think a lot of straight cis people like Antonio necessarily know that drag queen doesn't just mean a man in a costume anymore. That drag is just a presentation and an outward performance. It's just art on your body. Like, that's yeah. all it is. That's very like, much what it is. But... Anyways, like, isn't who you are, it reveals who you are. Very that. You were very uh, you. You ate that. <laughs> no, not <laughs> Law Roach. As my as Law Roach once said, that's a, ru- that's a RuPaul quote. It is a that's RuPaul quote. You ate that. I no. was. <laughs> we'll take credit for what RuPaul did. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I can just imagine. I was, RuPaul I was quoting. You eat that. <laughs> I was quoting that man and his very expensive cockroaches. Very that. Nice so, cockroaches. <laughs> yeah. Luxury cockroaches. That part. So we then get this cute moment where everybody's like, everybody's in heels. Everybody's like walking through the workroom. It's like a cute little moment situation. I think it's just, I don't remember if it's everyone, but I know for sure there's like, a moment with like Paloma and their partner, as well as Lolita and Antonio. <laughs> I thought it was everyone. I don't remember. I don't. Again, I don't remember seeing Lagrandom in this shot because we barely saw Lagrandom this episode until the second half. Um, but uh, we get the whole moment of like. How Camellia used to be a dancer. Mm-hmm. And it kind of shows. Yeah. I'm Especially like, in the Broadway know. performance, like it shows. It shows. Um, and then um on the elimination day, the only like the big through storyline is just that on um the words. The big struggle is that Antonio is struggling with the transformation. Like, he's a little apprehensive when Lolita's putting him in drag. And it's just, like, his own personal transformation. They're having He's having an issue with it. Um, which, I mean, we see on countless seasons of Drag Race at this point. Yeah, and, Season you know, Antonio six. is a Mexican man. And there is a lot of need to be need to perform masculinity as a me- as Mexican man. Sorry, I'm not, I'm not explaining this well. I'm very tired. What I'm trying to say is masculinity is a big part of like Mexican culture or mainstream Mexican culture. Yes. And um, of course, I'm, Antonio and both Lolita obviously have both grown up with this. So I can't imagine this is the easiest thing for Antonio to do. For sure. Yeah. Very, very that. So... Shall we talk about the runway? No. Okay. I'm kidding. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm ready. Let's get it. Let's get it. Oh, let's get it. Let's get it. First, we have to talk about our judging panel. Our guest judges for the week are Loac Prigent, who is a French director, kind of best known for, I believe it was the autobiographical film on Alexander McQueen. Or the biographical right. film on Alexander McQueen. Um, and Rhea and Rhea Martigny, who is a model and like 
social media sensation. She's done some acting as well. Um, she's gorgeous. She's beautiful. I'd lean forward, but I'm very tired. That's valid. Um, I will say I love what everybody is wearing except for Daphne. Daphne is giving me. Have you ever brushed a tinsel wig before? (laughs) Okay. This is what happens when you brush a tinsel wig. And I love and respect Daphne Berkey. But, um, yeah. Merry Christmas, Daphne. That's all I have to say. Not Merry Christmas. (laughs) It's giving ornament. Oh my god. Um, yeah, I think Nikki looks great. I love this color on Kitty. Yeah. Kitty does low-key resemble the brush at a car wash. No, the spinning a bit. things. A bit. But in the face, But, like, make possible. it fashion. But, but make it fashion. Yeah. Very that. But is it fashion? Car wash, but fashion. It's Kitty. It's Kitty. It's Kitty. It's, it's fashion, kitty. guys. It's fashion. Fashion and Rhea, obviously beautiful as ever. Uh, yes, let's talk about Paloma and Columbina. I love this concept again. Sure. We we heard that Paloma, we we heard Paloma talk about it beforehand, saying how she wanted to pay homage to the 1920s and kind of that exaggerated makeup. Um, Her friend in the workroom before the outfit was on looked fucking crazy. She looked, yeah, yeah. Um, what I'll say is, I'm getting goth clown sisters who have a pendant for cutting off the hands of the men uh, they sleep with, and you know, adorning mm-hmm. them with jewelry because they're just really fierce goth clowns like that. Sure, they seem like um. The the gay relatives of the Adams family. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, okay. okay. So, or just specifically what... specifically Morticia. And I will say this because I love Paloma. And I this is gonna sound like such a read. It does remind me of a really fierce version of Thing One and Thing Two from Dr. Oh Smith. <laughs> You want to make it fashion. Make it fashion. I mean, I'm gonna be honest. I think this is probably the weakest look of the week for me. I could not agree with you more. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. I still think Um, actually, no. Um, this is definitely a solid third for me. A solid. Um, I'm gonna have to look at somebody else's look again. Um, but what I will say is, even though this is for me one of the weakest looks, I still think she looks great. I think everyone did really well this week. I don't think there's anyone who looked bad. I don't think there's anyone who looked average. I think this look is good. Yeah. Yeah. Here's here's what I'm going to say. I think the makeup is really I think the makeup is really well done. Um now that the outfit is on Columbina, I think it looks a lot better. I love the wigs. <laughs> the wigs are great. The headpiece is cool. But at the end of the day, this is a black bodysuit with limbs all over it. Cat suit. 
whatever. No, um, whatever. We've seen this done before on Drag Race. Probably not done better, I'm going to be honest, but... I hate that um, I'm thinking of um, Lala Ree's Bag of Bones. Oh. Same fabric. I went to uh, like Alaska velvet. Nebraska. Okay. Um, we are not going to do Paloma and Colombina in a day. No, like no, 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 no. I'm saying it's the same concept. I think this is well, this is done better, but like we've seen this concept before. And Rapid. I will say as well, it's very difficult at this point in the Drag Race canon to, to, to do something it... that we've never seen before. So Ooh. I'm not like negatively talking about it, but like if there was a traditional bottom two in this episode, we'll talk about it. Uh, I think Paloma would have been there. Okay. Yeah. So um, with that being said, I think because of the theatricality of the performance and all of the factors included, I'm going to give this a 75. I'm going to give this a 70. Yeah. I'm going to give this a 75. Aerith and I agreeing for once? Gag. Let's um, talk about Lolita and Paquita Banana. I don't care that we've seen this before. I still love this nonetheless. Personally. Okay. So here's where I get frustrated. And here's where I'm going to get angry. Because Paloma has done things very, very similarly to the look that she presented this week on this season. The makeup may have been different, but the concept and the theatricality was something we've seen before. So it amuse. We've seen something very similar to this look before from her this season. We'll talk about Soa in a second. La Grande Dame. Has in this episode basically did the same thing that we've seen over and over. Why is Lolita getting negative critique for doing the same thing? And specifically when Daphne was saying, why does everything have to be Mexican? Well, plot twist oh, for you, Daphne Burkey, she's from Mexico. She's not white. The sheer microaggression, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. The microaggressions from Daphne Burke specifically pissed me the fuck off in this episode. Yeah. There is not a single fucking reason Lolita should have been lip syncing for her life. And in fact, Lolita should have won the fucking challenge. Oh yeah, I agree. Lolita was the best runway in my opinion. Like there is no fucking reason also also the last time you saw something like this from lolita was at the start of the season it's not like she's been doing this every other week and if she did you know what i don't give a fuck why because that's her drag perspective and i feel very we'll talk about soa in a second but i feel very similarly in the way that daphne critiqued soa and you know what Soa and Lolita have in common? They're not white. With that being said, my cup is full for Lolita. My cup is overflowing. My cup is full. She looked. I've been sitting on that one since I watched the episode, and I'm happy I can finally talk about it because God. Yeah. No. Lord. Like 
Also, this transformation, Antonio looks so good. Antonio looks great. Like, she were there a few issues? Gal. Were there a few issues with him walking on the runway? Absolutely. Were there some mistiming cues? Absolutely. But guess what? Every single pairing had those issues. Exactly. The only people that were talked about with it were Lolita and Paquita. Yeah. So. Anyway. Let's talk about Sawa and Kiki Demuse. I love this. Mm-hmm. Lovely gal. This, yeah, no. I think what I will say is I think I wish Kiki had more makeup on. Because I feel like compared to everyone else, she sort of had more simplistic makeup. But um, lovely outfits, and I love the feathers. You know what this reminded me of? Specifically, Kiki's outfit reminded me exactly of... We're going to throw all the way back to season one. When I know BB, what you're of. When BB yeah. Zahara Benet did the makeover, it's like a carbon copy. <laughs> and wow. I don't hate it. Yeah. I, I don't hate it. I don't it, hate it. I think it's actually pretty well done. It's really well done. I think the color story on Kiki is so good. I understand the story and I understand the makeup in comparison to what Soa is wearing and doing. Um, this photo does not have a good shot of what Soa is wearing, but she looks phenomenal. Um, yeah. I love the color story of the, the fans, the black and the red, the sort of like scarlet and the purple happening. Like it all just goes very very well together um i will say kiki was a little bit off in her movements um wasn't always like in time with what soa was doing but these people also literally learned how to do drag in like a 36 hour time span so i'm not gonna be too harsh um my cup is full my cup is full my cup's like 90. That's fair. Yeah. Last up, Le Grand Dame and Ma Petite Dame. Presentation is giving me Barbie doll version of the Countess. Uh-huh. Um, I just think these I just think these are ugly. I'm gonna be real honest. I don't think they're ugly, but I don't think my, pe- my petite dams fit her very well. No. No. Like, it looks a little bit big for her. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I take back what I said about Paloma. I think this is actually my least favorite. I'm going to go ahead and say it as well. I just, like, I was very confused by the story they were doing at first. Like, I got it eventually, but it took a long time <laughs> to sell that story. Yeah, and I love how Le Grand Dame looks, but I don't think Le Petite Dame looks as good, and I don't think her makeup is as good because her no. eyeshadow is a little bit more—it's a little bit garage door. She looks like, <clears throat> at least from afar, she looks like if Cam Hugh tried to do a Dolly Parton impersonation. <laughs> foul! You, you foul can't say man. I'm wrong. You're not. Thank you. 
Um, I don't like the feathers on this. I don't like whatever's happening. I don't think these really go together beyond the fact that they're feathers and blonde. And like the cutouts. I just, I don't like it. Yeah, this to me was the weakest of the four. By far. By far. Yeah. 60. Seventy. My cup's at seventy. My cup's at fifty. <clears throat> That's fair. <laughs> it's half full. Yeah. So we get the critiques. We already kind of talked about specifically Lolita's. Um, I specifically talked about Lolita's. Um, and it just <sighs> stupid. But we go. They do the untucked. Couldn't remember a goddamn thing that happened. Uh, Uh, Oh, I do remember all of them being like, um, we have no idea who's going to be in the bottom because we all, I feel like we all had this similar level of critiques where everyone was strong, but there was always something off about everyone. Yeah. So... We go back to the runway and we find out that the winner of the challenge is not a single fucking person. Because all four of them are going to be lip syncing for their life in a very clearly last minute produced uh, lip sync tournament for the top four. I hated this. I don't blame me. Just so Lolita doesn't feel as bad about being sent home. Yeah, no, just to send Lolita home. Yeah. 100% just to send Lolita home. Like, this entire thing. She won both of her lip syncs, but... I disagree. But we'll talk about... Well, you're wrong. Okay. No, I'm kidding. So, Nikki does this random draw of two randomly selected queens to lip sync to a randomly selected song but every time someone went to go pick a goddamn envelope they cut away from the fucking judges your bitches are messy that's suspicious that's That's weird. weird it's not suspicious it's produced yeah. And anyway. The fact that there was a song called Lip Banana Split. The fact that Lolita Banana was not lip syncing to a song called Banana Split in itself should show you that this entire fucking thing was produced for her to not make it past top four. Yep. Yep. Because I didn't even ask, but we all agreed Lolita was the best. Yes. Yeah. Cool. So let's talk about these. These pretty pretty decent lip syncs. I wasn't mad at any of the lip syncs, actually. So, first up, randomly selected is Lolita versus Soa lip syncing to Dieu, Madame la Foi by Ophélie Winter. This was a good lip sync. I really enjoyed Play. this. This might be the best lip sync of the season. Maybe. I, I still... Th- I still, obviously, I still think about Carl. Corpse, of course, yeah. Corpse. And then I also think about um, 
Brioche and Soa as well. Brioche and Soa was really good. I definitely think this is up there. It's definitely for up sure, there. For sure. Um, but yeah, I thought this was incredibly strong. I thought they both did a really, really good job. For me, Soa's theatricality was just ever so stronger. But I thought Lolita did a very, very good job. I'm going to agree with that, too. Yeah, I felt like Soa performed the song better. Yeah. Um, but I I really did enjoy Lolita's performance as well because she turned it out too. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it was lovely, gal. Who did you think won, Aerith? I thought Lolita did better in my honest opinion, okay. but um, seems I'm wrong. No, not at all. I mean, I still would have been happy. Which I'm not saying that. No, I just, mm, yeah, I I don't know. For me, in my heart of hearts, I felt like, I don't know, maybe if I was just rooting for Lolita, but the way soon as this bullshit started, I knew they were sending Lolita home. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because <clears throat> let's be real, if this was a real episode, the top two would have been, no, sorry, the winner would have been Lolita, the bomb two would have been Paloma uh, and Grand Dame. Agreed. But they didn't want either of them to go home, so. Nope. So, Soa wins the first lip sync. She wins. What does she win? She won a prize. A handbag. She won an out like a an outfit from some someone. Someone I don't remember. She won clothes. Work, yeah, Eva. She won clothes. We love to see it. So, let's talk about the second lip sync, uh, which is Paloma versus Le Grand Dame. Lip syncing to Le, B- Le Banana Split. It's a fun song. <laughs> I'm still mad Lolita didn't get to lip sync to this. I'm okay. mad. Honestly, that was on Having my mind. Having said, Paloma cleared this time. to me. That was on my mind during the entire lip sync. Just Lolita should have done this. Look, as soon as Nikki was, was like, you're lip syncing to Le Banana Split, I was like, Riga Morris, girl. Riga Morris. Morris. Yeah, my thing was Paloma was kind of effortlessly goofy in the way the song needed. Le Grand Dame was trying it just a little too hard. And I feel like Le Grand Dame can be goofy. I just feel like she was really pushing for it and it was just coming across as awkward and not endearing. I feel like she's more goofy out of drag. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel like I know more about her personality from seeing her out of drag than I do in drag. That part. Yeah. So. No, I thought thought Paloma cleared. Paloma cleared. Paloma did great. She's a lovely Um, gal. And Paloma wins. So Paloma wins something as well. I don't remember what it was. Handbags. Good for you, girl. And now we have, I guess, the bottom two of the episode, which is unfortunate. It's Lolita versus Le Grand Dame, lip-syncing to La Grenade by Clara Luciani. I thought this was a good lip-sync as well. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a solid lip-sync. My thing here is I felt like Lolita won more clearly. 
Very agreed. But yeah. okay, boy. Sorry. Um, quick moment because I feel like this is gonna be brought up. Um, before we get into the actual lip sync, Nikki ends up asking them, "Do you want to change your outfit?" Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Lolita's like, "Nah," and then the Grand Dame says, "Yes, I'll change." So they wait like. It's this awkward however call, long. However yeah. long. I'm going to say it's a 30 minutes in their reality. Probably. Um, to change. And she comes back out. Limb 6 starts. Okay. Proceed. It's giving heels or wheels. It was giving heels or wheels. Oh my it God. was. But at least, at least that's a lot. It's a lot easier to change between heels and wheels than an entire dress or an entire look. Yeah, but yeah, I thought Lagrandom did perfectly acceptable in this lip sync, but Lolita won. Lolita oh, won. Lily absolutely won that lip sync, but <sighs> what are you gonna do? Yeah, sorry. So as I was saying, yeah, Lolita clearly won, but. Production wanted that top three, and they were going to give us that top three whether we wanted it or not. Oh, yeah. And I'm not mad at any of them for being in that top three. No. I'm just mad that they didn't send Lola at home on a different episode when she actually did bad. Yeah. Instead, they spent the last two episodes setting her up to fail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we do have to say goodbye to Lolita Banana. I don't think oh. it's deserved. I don't think it's right. Three, five, four, fana, Lolita banana. Nana banana. Lolita banana. Yeah. But that's that. We have a top three. Uh La Grand Dame, Paloma, and Swad Amuse. <sighs> Who do we think is gonna win? Paloma. Paloma. I honestly think it's going to be Legrandom. I wouldn't be surprised if Legrandom won. I I really want it, although, okay, so what I want, obviously, Swap and Muse. Yeah, I want Swap to win as well. But. I would be happy with any three of them winning. I just think Paloma. Agreed. Is the one is, I think is going to win. Yeah. Well, I also am wanting, I'm trying to think, because this is a season one, so we have to keep in mind, this is going to be the first person to represent French drag on an international platform. Mm -hmm. I feel like the most, and I hate saying this, and this is no shade to the queen, but I feel like the most palatable winner is Le Grand Dame. And I also think about the concept of and this. I watched a video actually about this, and it it gave me a little bit of insight. We know that RuPaul tries to pick a winner that he can see himself in. That's why BB won season one. That's why every winner since has won their season. I also think when we look at the international uh, hosting responsibilities. I like if you look at Thailand, I think both winners of Drag Race Thailand really reflect the way that Martin Pangina do drag. I think like uh, both of the winners of Espana represent to an extent what Supreme Deluxe does. 
I think Fred Van Leer was a shitty host, and I'm not even going to acknowledge him. Um, so I feel like Nikki is going to pick someone who is closer to her drag style, and of the three of them, that would be Le Grand Dame. That's fair. Girl, what are you doing? I thought I had some on my teeth, but no, that's just the color of my gums. They decide what? to like go up close to the camera and show off your teeth and gums. Anyway. Much like the cast of Drag Race UK, most of them are white, none of them are straight. And on that note, we'll be back next week to talk about the finale of Drag Race France. Someone will win. Two people will lose. Find out next time. On Not necessarily. Drama. We think two people will lose. We think. We hope. Anything is possible. So, yep. subscribe, like, and share on the way out. Bye. Bye. Voila, voila, voila. Voilà que je suis me voilà même si mes